Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Mama's News. We're excited to be able to have Terry Canary. Hey, Terry. And myself, Jacqueline. Hello, everybody. And myself, Jacqueline, ATL Connector. I know it's been a minute since I've been on. A lot of things have been going on, Um, but we're going to go ahead and get rocking and rolling and get started. We're excited and Terry is going to start us off. Uh, Thank you very much, Jackie. I will. um, I've decided to do, I I thought about doing some heavy political stuff, but I've just, I've decided to do some two kind of weird and wonderful stories um, today. So the first one I've got is um, you probably all heard about the Alaska Airlines flight where the door fell off, which is not the kind of thing you want to happen on your on your flight, is it really? Um, and apparently quite a lot of uh, passenger stuff was sucked out, <laughs> phones, some papers off, uh, off the uh, table, and uh, even some young boy's shirt was sucked off his back and went out of the, out of the window. So there's been a lot of uh, fuss about this, as you might imagine. Boeing have had to ground all their 737 maxes uh, to make sure that it doesn't happen anywhere else so very unpleasant uh incident um now when did this happen it was about a week ago i think january the 5th so two weeks ago nearly now anyway uh the latest development is that this was a flight by the way from portland oregon uh heading to alaska i assume uh but it hadn't gone very far at the time and the reason i know that is because this this man in Oregon has just found the door in his backyard. So he's obviously got quite a big backyard because if it was my backyard, I think I would know straight away if an airline door had fallen into it. But um, this guy's obviously got quite a lot of land. <laughs> so he was walking around uh, amongst the trees and he's got a lot of cedar trees and uh, he's come across his door and it's, it's um, I'll, I'll put a link in the show next. It's an amazingly good condition. It looks like it's just fresh off the production line. And he, he, he thinks it's because he's got a lot of cedar trees on his land. And so it's, it's sort of cushioned the falls that fell through all these cedar trees. So, uh, and um, he was, I think he sort of decided to go out and look because his neighbor contacted him, contacted him and said that he'd found a, a few mobile phones that have also fallen from this plane. So he said, I think he sort of said to him, oh, you might want to look in, in your property, see if, see if there's anything in there. And lo and behold, he finds the door. Which mm. <laughs> weighs 65 pounds, apparently, four foot by two foot. And that's apparently one of those fake doors that they just put on just in case that they need it at another time. But, I mean, thank God oh, they weren't right? as high up, that. right? Yeah, that's what I was uh, yeah. told. Yeah. So, which is crazy. Right. So they never use this door. They never use this door to go in and out. Then. No. And it, apparently it wasn't the emergency door either. Right. I mean, that's hearsay, but who knows? I don't know. That's just what I heard. 
So, but either way, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Imagine like you're just like chilling. You're about to, <laughs> you're about to pop some. You can't pop peanuts anymore because because of all the jacksonations. People are allergic to those, probably. That's my thought, anyways. And then oh, you right, have, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got to have some pretzels. So you imagine you're like just chilling. You just take off. You're like popping a pretzel in your mouth. Yeah, can I get a glass of wine with that pretzel, please? And uh, all of a sudden, you're like <laughs> about to be sucked out the door. My pretzels. Yeah. Well, damn, I'm going to need another bag here in a second. <laughs> That's, that's probably what what was also sucked out the pretzels like, yeah and um, who cares but, about the door this, uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> never mind about the door where's my pretzels um this young <laughs> lad uh i can't remember how old he was he, i think he was a young teenager but he he was very nearly sucked out himself because you know he's he's only little and it was strong enough to take the shirt off his back so uh it was you know it was lucky that nobody was sat there. There have been incidents in the past. I remember, I think this is another American plane, Hawaiian Airlines, I seem to remember, where the entire front section uh, sort of was <laughs> disappeared uh, when they were up in the air. And I believe that uh, they somebody was sucked out. I think one of the um, a male air steward was sucked out of the plane. So, uh, yeah, not, not, not a great thing that happened. So There's yeah, like quite, a... quite exciting. So um, uh... um, there's a man. It's an uh, airline manufacturing company that's made these, and then I think they got uh, uh, like um, recalled. Let me see here. Airline or flying off. The doors have been recalled. So it was a faulty door, was it? Uh, oh, yeah. And Landon, someone's back here. Here we go. Uh, Boeing makes aircraft after midair door yeah. blowout. So it's, it's Boeing, I guess. That is. And then, like, it's, it's like a, a specific. 737 Max. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was like a specific. Yeah. That Boeing 737. I, I think there's been like several issues with that specific plane. Uh, not that specific one that the door blew off, but I'm just saying like yeah, several ones I of think. that, like the 737. That model. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I've heard quite a few incidents about that. I think Boeing have had a lot of trouble with that model. And it's, um, I remember hearing a while back that it was having some effect on their business because, you know, they're having to keep ground in the planes because, you know, doors fall off. Oh yeah, I that's what, what it that was. happened in my car. Mind a, mind a plane. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be awful. Um, well, you've seen that in action movies <laughs> where like someone's driving down, they open up the door, and someone takes the door off, right? Um, so the FAA is yeah. already in. The FAA was already investigating whether Boeing met approved design and maintenance standards and ordered all 171, 737, 9 MAX airplanes grounded for inspection. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 Yikes. So very bad for business. Now, I think you're right. I think 
there have been other incidents with that uh, particular make of plane. I can't remember what now, but they seem to have had quite a few incidents. So, my yeah, uh, that's what it, I have a theory. It was about uh -huh. um, what's your theory? Sorry, sorry, you carry on. No, you can't. Sorry, you carry on. No, I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was roughly 5,000 meters in the air when a panel covering an unused emergency door exit door blew oh, off. Right. That's what it was, yeah. So, okay, I just wanted to verify what I was saying, my hearsay stuff, you know. But, uh, anyways, I'm sorry, go ahead. What, what's your theory? Yeah, well. It's, I think it's kind of connected to this, um, a little bit to the woke agenda, but I think in general, a lot of Western companies make things that are a lot crapper than they used to be because there's a lot of corruption that goes on. And like Boeing in particular, they, they're, you know, they're able to sell all their crappy stuff to the military without any problem. I mean, you know, They've hardly got any competitors for that sort of thing, you know, maybe Grumman and maybe a few others. But I think basically a lot of these contracts just go through on the nod and um, they end up with a load of crappy stuff. I know in the UK we have we're, we're sort of getting famous for all this military equipment that doesn't really work. We've got ships that sort of we're always stuck in dry dock because the engines don't work. We've got aircraft carriers where the aircraft can't land on them. You know tanks that don't go um so i think a lot of these companies are just and and partly now because they're doing all this inclusion and equity stuff and all this work stuff and employing people just because of their race and their sex and their maybe because they're gay rather than being the best person in the job i think it's inevitable that the standard of the things they're making is is going down and i think yeah. boeing is an example of that yeah yeah. I mean, like, why would you care about, I wouldn't give a crap about anybody's sexual status or the color of their skin or anything like that. Like, just make sure that you make all the aircraft plane. So I don't, I'm not dead. So, you know, you know, like <clears throat> the only, you know, one of the things they're going to have to do is like with some of these airline, like these large companies and stuff like that, that are just are pushing out shoddy work because they are, um, trying to meet some unforsaken standards that's just so stupid instead of looking at um, someone's qualifications uh, to know that they're going to actually do a great job and care about providing a quality product. Um, but, you know, like if these people, people die on a plane or something like that because, uh, and there's like a lot of issues with this, it's not just like a freak accident, but the CEO and the executives all go to jail, right? For attempted murder on these people. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. even they would if they if they had a chance of doing that, they definitely would either quit the industry or make sure that they have top quality people and top people that are working within that organization. If it meant that they were risking their freedom for putting out these types of products. Well, there's a there's a cunning way to avoid all responsibility for things going wrong, of course, isn't there? If you're Boeing, you just call your planes vaccines, and then you avoid all liability. 
Although we do know that vaccines are all safe and effective, they've gone through trials, and we know, of course, that, they're all safe you know, and effective. Whatever yeah. it is, yeah, of course, yeah. they're safe and effective. You know, they're great. But we in, love them. In the unlikely scenario that they are not safe and effective, there is no liability, of course. So it's just as well they are all safe and effective. Yeah. So that, thanks, that thanks, President Reagan. Yeah. Thanks, President Reagan, <laughs> yes. for that. We appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, President Reagan. Uh, everybody's um, favorite president. And, and, <laughs> well, he's he's. I think he's quite popular in a, in the U.S., isn't he? As a, as presidents yeah, go, amongst the Republicans, but that was a big mistake he made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. with uh, uh, Trump's mistake in locking down the the country. And then doing a fast track, you know, to those safe and effective uh, vaccinations. The fast track, safe and effective things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. And he's still, he's never going to back away from that, is he? Never going to back no. away from that. So, yeah, no. maybe I made a mistake there. No, he's yeah. too much of a narcissist to, so, uh, to accept any responsibility mm -hmm. for that. <laughs> what were you going to say? Yes. Uh, well, uh, going back to the airlines thing, there was another major US airline, might have been Southwest, um, probably they're all doing this. Uh, and uh, they were saying, well, we want to make sure we have, you know, get towards 50% female pilots because we haven't got enough female pilots. And they'll probably say we haven't got enough, you know, people from racial minorities either. So what about you? But when I get on a plane, I want to have the best pilot. I don't necessarily want to have a lesbian flat pilot just because that happened to be the one that they were pulling out the hat i want the pilot who can right. fly the plane very well exactly i mean i wonder what the criteria you select pilots <laughs> <laughs> that should be the only criteria yeah <laughs> have you uh, done all your flight training can you land without crashing are you able to handle uh different scenarios that you know where you have people's lives in your hands and says okay i know how to get through this tough situation without destroying my plane and killing all of us you know that's that's what i care about so yeah. um yeah. Uh, uh, yeah and i wonder what the percentage is for how many women are actually as, out there as the pilot in school Go ahead, uh, Terry. As the part, and we—I do apologize yeah. to everyone. I've, this I've is we few, are out of I've delay. Had a few female pilots. When I was, yeah, we've got a delay. We've got a bit of a flaky connection here, as usual. Uh, no, I was just going to say, as the passengers are going down on their crashing plane, it will be a comfort to them to know that, well, at least our pilot was, you know, fulfilling the di diversity criteria of the airline, so that they could go to their go to their grave. With that happy thought in mind. <laughs> and I, uh, I wanted to say something else as well, actually. And it's a shame Keel's not here because I was going to say, <laughs> out of all the stuff this this other guy found in his uh, in his property that had been sucked out the plane, didn't find a perfect condition pilot hijacker's passport. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. It's amazing amazing they didn't find anybody's passport apparently or wallet mm. or whatever that was in perfect condition falling they from five thousand. No, no i think so 
Nice. Yeah, miles mm. above or whatever it was. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's crazy he found all this other stuff though. That got sucked out of the plane. So that for that safe and effective plane. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Well, if anybody has any comments on that, just tweet Ashley on it on Twitter <laughs> yes, at Union Unknowns. <laughs> okay. Um so, are we good with going on to the next story, Terry? Absolutely. Over to you, Jackie. All right. So, um, the next one is about the FDA. And um, so, what is interesting is that the FDA, who, you know, as the United States government organization that really is there to protect us over our health and wellness and to make sure that, you know, that all of our foods are not, doesn't have carcinogens in it, uh, that doesn't make people sick, you know, where they're there to protect us. So really, we should trust them and trust the science. But either way, the FDA launches fresh bid to toss out high profile ivermectin case. Now, me personally, I've uh, taken ivermectin when I've gotten the vid, uh, and it knocks it out pretty quickly. So, but anyways, attempt comes after appeals court agency likely overstepped its authority and warnings against ivermectin. I mean, I don't know how the government could ever overstep itself. Uh, that is definitely not like them. So, um, but anyways, so <laughs> they're, <to> <laughs> uh, they're seeking to persuade a federal court to dismiss a lawsuit challenging its repeated advisories against using ivermectin to treat uh, the vid nineteen, and uh, they they in a sealed motion asked the U.S. District Court for Southern. District of Texas to dismiss the suit, which was brought by three doctors who alleged the FDA's warnings were illegal. Uh, it was the 23, uh, 2023 motion was sealed because exhibits the government cited include a confidential information from a separate legal proceeding. Um, anyways, so basically the FDA is trying to silence the doctors Right. And they are uh, wanting to basically say that, you know, which this court case is going to be a huge precedence because it's if we, you know, like this disease X or whatever, that's this made up disease X that they just did another um, scamdemic on. Uh, they have um, they this is a good precedence for something in the future that they're going to use against its own citizens, allegedly. And they have, um, so basically it's like you can't, uh, the pharmacists and doctors were being restricted. Even I asked my own doctor, I was like, listen, I, this works. I've used it. Can you please prescribe it to me? And my doctor would not do it because it went against um, the standard, like what it was supposed to be used for. He wouldn't do it. And probably because he was afraid to lose his license or be restricted by, um, uh, the, the licensing board and stuff like that, which really the FDA is one of the ones that comes down 
on individuals. So I was a definite uh, example of that. Um, but they uh, they say the FDA exceeded its authority by repeatedly issuing public directives not to use ivermectin for the vid 19 even though the drug remains fully approved for human use. One of the directives said, you are not a horse. Stop it with the ivermectin. It's not authorized for treating vid. Really? Because I thought I was a horse. I mean, how dare they, Terrence, tell me that I don't identify as a horse. Mm. That is very rude. And my feelings are hurt. And I don't <laughs> feel like I'm in a safe space. That's, That's all right. I have to say about that. Yeah. My, my pronouns are nay and nay. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, they were trying to, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry about the bad jokes. Um, they were to, uh, the FDA were trying to make two of their old arguments. One was that, uh, yeah, it's fine. We were just given advice. Nobody has to follow our advice. And, you know, it's, um, everyone's free to do their own thing, even though uh, a lot of doctors, as we know, were being uh, harassed by their governing bodies and threatened with dismissal for not following the FDA's advice. So I think their arguments just rubbish about that. And they're also were trying to pull the old, a bit like the old, you have no standing argument, which we heard a lot in the um, election fraud cases. Uh, and they were arguing that the doctors who brought the case had not actually been harmed by the FDA's advice, which again is, is rubbish because these doctors were being threatened with dismissal and being and losing their license because they were going against the FDA's advice, and they were uh, the doctors also came up with some examples where they wrote a prescription for their patients for ivermectin, and the pharmacist refused to fill it because they said, "Well, this is not following FDA advice. I can't do that." Probably showing them the tweet about, you know, you're not horse. So. I think this is an important case because doctors are basically arguing for the right to treat their patients as they see fit without any in, in intervention and meddling from government bodies who, you know, really don't know as much about treating patients as frontline doctors do. I think there's a there's a tendency in normie world to think these people at the EFDA and people like Fauci, you know, well, they're there because they're the best doctors in the world. No, it's not that at all. They're political operatives and they're, they're appointed to their position because they're good at political shenanigans and getting themselves to the top. And they got, you know, Fauci's never treated a patient in his life. So what he knows about treating illness, you know, is could be written on the back of the postage stamp compared to some of these people. And some of these people are sort of, arguing for more sort of uh, freedom-based medicine and, and, you know, not being uh, so reliant on big pharma solutions are some of the most qualified people in their fields you could, you could imagine. People like Peter McCulloch and Paul Marek and Pierre Corey, you know, leaders in their field who are arguing for the right to use things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine because in their experience, they've worked, you know, to, to treat patients very effectively. Yeah. So yeah, it makes me very angry, this thing. <laughs> yeah, they said that um, 
so the lawyers for the doctors, they say the plaintiffs have suffered interference with their practice of medicine and the doctor-patient relationship, which is, I agree with, and economic harm, reputational harm, and increased exposure to malpractice liability, which was what I was trying to think of earlier, and have been subject to disciplinary proceedings and forced resignations, all of which clearly trace to the FDA's campaign against ivermectin and will be remedied by equitable relief. And I really feel like, yeah, like what you were saying and what I said earlier is like this um, case okay, will set, if, if one by the doctors, if they can pull this out and one by the doctors can set precedents for future cases against our own government and the FDA, and allowing for ivermectin. Wasn't it Africa who basically gave ivermectin to all of their citizens and stuff like that for COVID? Yeah. Um, well, there's yeah. a couple of things. Um, Africa, pe people in Africa are used to using ivermectin because they have a lot of parasites there. So they're used to using it against parasites and they noticed that when they like had a cold or a flu it would actually work well against that as well so they were a lot of people in africa in the habit of when they're feeling ill they go to the pharmacy and buy buy themselves some ivermectin i think in most countries in africa it's available over the counter yeah and it is here in spain actually but it's very expensive so they they really in the habit of buying ivermectin treating themselves and getting better yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, it so expensive it's before expensive. COVID or no? But it's, it's very expensive. Even before COVID? Well, we don't know. We only bought it. We only bought it after COVID because we oh. wanted it, you know, to have it up our sleeve in case we felt ill. Uh, yeah. But I've got, we've got some hydroxychloroquine as well, which is very cheap. Uh, but the other thing you were talking about, they, there were, there were places, some in right. South America. That's good. Think, that fell under the radar. State so in India still... that gave out this state in India was it? Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Uttar Pradesh. They gave out uh, packs to their citizens for which to prevent and treat COVID, and uh, included things like vitamin C and maybe aspirin. I can't remember, but it also included ivermectin. And whenever the mainstream media reported on these packs that were given out. They tended to leave out the fact that ivermectin was in this pack. And they had a lot of success against COVID compared to the rest of the country. They were, they did very well. Oh, wow. Imagine if Sam Tripoli was right and there are no viruses and that there are all these colds and stuff are just parasites attacking your body and making you feel ill. <laughs> You're having an allergic reaction to these parasites in your body. Well, <laughs> I, I'm I'm still a bit on the fence about it myself because I had no idea until COVID came along. I looked into virology that the, the science was just so rubbish and that there really isn't a lot of evidence that viruses cause diseases. Not good evidence, not in my mind anyway. So, uh, and, yeah. you know, the things they say that the COVID virus was never isolated, that's true. It never has been isolated. Yeah, because maybe it's a parasite and not a virus. <laughs> okay. All be, right. Or it could be just, you know, uh, 
a, a deficiency of something or other, maybe. So. Okay, so uh, what was this other story that you had for us, Terry? Spill it. <clears throat> well, uh, I will get onto it. I just want to make one more comment about your story in that uh, oh, okay. I was intrigued by the sealed uh, deposition the FDA, the FDA made, the sealed motion, because they had this confidential information. Uh, and I wondered if the confidential information was the amount of money that Pfizer had paid in bribes to the FDA. It's just you know, the speculation on my part. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That that could lead for another <laughs> really good conspiracy. They wouldn't want that to yeah. come out. Just that <laughs> they didn't want the the safe and effective uh, right. vaccinations to show how safe and effective they were. Not really. They didn't want it to show them, you know, they didn't want people to know that the countries when they were putting them out were allegedly their guinea pigs to see how safe and effective they were. Do you know mm -hmm. that a friend of mine who right. a friend of mine who is um he loves vaccinations, loves them seriously, and he works in the government. And uh um his nephew just passed away at 42 years old from they think it might be an an, a brain aneurysm wow. right and uh i was wondering wow. i wonder because he lives up north i wondered if he took that safe and effective thing and um and if that's what did it you know because i wonder what yeah. the percentage is post post 19 right post 19 i wonder what the the uh percentages are for brain aneurysms and strokes what the percentage is if it's like highly increased since then you know what the comparison was what they were before and then what they are you know for these last three years <clears throat> i may look that up uh like they they are they're up hugely all these things are up hugely. A lot of people have done a lot of data data analysis and number crunching on this. And, you know, overall mortality in all these heavily vaccinated Western countries is up between 20 and 40%. Mm. So yeah, that's you, crazy. Can't, you can't blame that all on COVID. Something's going on. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, people like Ed Dowd have looked at the disability figures in uh, the UK and the US and they're all up hugely as well. So there's a lot of people now becoming permanently disabled and, and not able to work. Something's going on. Yeah, and, and trust course, me, you don't get much. These safe and effective things. Yeah, we love them. Yeah. So what was Maybe your next story, it's, Terry? Uh, airline doors falling on people's heads. Oh. You think? Didn't we just do that the one? Airline doors, couldn't it? Falling out of the sky, killing people. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, it's I'm like just trying to explain doors. the excess mortality. People have come up with lots oh. of explanations, like yeah, people have come up with explanations like global warming, the referee's whistle, um, you know, stress, anti-vaxxers, of course, causing people stress. Yeah. They blame that as well. How? So I'm, I'm coming up with they? airline doors. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, we have too many cows farting out there. I don't know uh, what we're going to do about okay, that. Okay, so um, too many cows farting. But yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that. That's a brilliant segue you've come up with there because my story is kind of connected to that. Okay. We know that the World Economic Forum is meeting in Davos at the moment. Right, so the, the all the, the rich and wealthy are um, at meeting in Davos, all the people around the world, and of course they're very concerned about global warming. So they fly to Davos in their private jets, creating lots of carbon dioxide and um, you know pollution, and then they tell everyone that you know we, you can't do what we're doing. You're not allowed to fly, and you've got to drive electric cars. And you've basically got to stop breathing as well. And, and as you say, stop cow starting, stop doing everything. Only we're allowed to do that. So, uh, and the, the, they're a weird bunch, let's face it. So um, I came across this weird thing that we're doing. Um, they've, uh, for entertainment, they've got this outdoor uh, kind of modern ballet. It's described here. Uh, this is a Red Voice Media article. Half-naked WF ballet in the snow to fight global warming in Davos. So it's really weird. It's a short video. There's this guy playing cello, and then these two half-naked ballet dancers come out. The guy's just wearing leggings, and uh, the woman's just got leggings and, like, a sports bra. Bear in mind, this is up in the mountains, uh, it's snow all around. It looks absolutely freezing. All the audience are in like woolly hats and thick coats. And these poor, two poor dancers are going to prance about in the snow in their scanties, no doubt freezing their freezing their fins off. And there was a whole like the whole idea was from this uh, kind of lefty type uh, choreographer who thought this would be a good idea to highlight the problems of the melting glaciers. Kind of reminds me of like I'm an eyes wide sure sharp shut party. It is a bit like that, yeah. The, the dance is is um, it's like you know modern dance. So to me, there's not a lot of artistic merit in it, but it's just sort of weird. I mean, these people are just so weird. I mean, why would anyone listen to them? I have no idea because they're rich and they think people should. <laughs> Hmm. I don't anyway, know. this poor woman, this woman, uh, she was she was almost in tears saying how the glaciers are disappearing and you know how she decided she was gonna she wanted to do something about it. So she decided that to put on this half-naked ballet out in the snow would be just the thing to combat global warming. Yeah, that's great. That's really weird. You can't that's really make so this stuff stupid. up, can you? Yeah. <clears throat> no. No. Now that kind of that reminds I me. Should point out, I should. Sorry, Karen. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You should what? Um, well, I was going to remind everyone that um, you know some glasses are receding and some are getting bigger, and uh, they're always talking about they've been predicting ice-free Arctic for about thirty or forty years, and there's still loads of ice up there. There's still loads of ice for the polar bears to jump around on. And incidentally, polar bears are doing better than ever. The more polar bears than there ever have been, probably because they keep raiding bins in Alaska or, you know, 
surfing so on bored. this uh, fallen plane doors. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, they've they're, they're have... not bored now because they've got all these Alaskan Airlines plane doors to play with. Yeah. They've got to have like no other purpose in life to be able to just create this stuff to like torment the common people, you know, like, <laughs> like whatever. But <clears throat> I was going to say earlier that that reminds me like I was at uh, I went to Chick-fil-A, which is supposed to it's supposed to be like a, a Christian like chicken place or whatever. It's not really a Christian chicken place. It's just that they are one of the fastest growing uh, restaurants. Hey, Keel. And hey, so, hey. hey, so I'm telling Keel, I was going through the Chick-fil-A over in Chast uh, the Chastain Chick-fil-A over for Roswell Road in Atlanta the other day. And they, it was 30 something degrees right. outside and they actually had this chick, like they have them outside to make the lines go faster. So they're like, take your order before the stupid ordering, you know, thing. And then you go to the window and then, um, and I was, so when I got up to the window and I was like, why do you guys have someone standing outside in 30 something degree weather just so people can effing get their food faster? I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I said, I apologize for cursing. I was like, but this is just crazy. I was like, <laughs> and she's like, we take turns. But I was like, I was like, whatever. I was like, this is ridiculous. So I just left because I didn't want to be that Karen that calls up and says something to the manager, you know, just so they can have better effing time on their drive through you're making your employees be outside in 30 degree effing weather when they can easily order from a stupid thing and go up to the um window i was just like whatever so that reminds me of that like that was triggering in my mind when you were talking about them having these these people ice dance and who knows if they were even had the choice with these psychotic people that were making them go out there they could have been like you go to chains if you don't go out and your skimmies and dance half naked on ice for these rich people that like to probably want to do hunter games one day <laughs> I'll just bring I'll, we've been joined by Keel, Keel Thor. I'm just going to bring him up to speed on the story we were talking about which was my one about uh, and the headline is half naked WEF ballet in the snow to fight global warming in Davos and it literally what? was that wow that's a lot I can't even wrap my head around that sentence <laughs> <laughs> No. Have you guys no. talked? Yeah, I, I did feel. Hey, sorry. Do you have anything you want to share to Kill? It's you're up next. I do. Maybe. I didn't want to interrupt your guys' stories, though. No, that's it. Welcome. You're up have next. You guys, have you guys talked about uh, Alec Baldwin yet? No. All right. So Alec Baldwin no. has officially been indicted. Sorry, I, was, for... I, I had that great. Yeah, I saw that earlier today. Sorry. I'm like, that's what I'm bringing. That's what I'm going to take. Uh, but yeah, he's been officially <laughs> indicted for manslaughter. And this comes after uh, the FBI uh, proved that the gun had to be, the trigger had to be pulled in order for gun to go off. Any Anybody familiar with firearms already knew all of this. That's the FBI and this other, there's another third party forensics team that also proved that he had to pull the trigger. His assertion is that he had the hammer cocked, but he did not pull the trigger. 
And that's bullshit. You know, you can't, uh, the, in order to get the gun to misfire without pulling the trigger, the FBI had to lay the hammer on the back of the cartridge and hit it with a sledgehammer before it would actually discharge. And in the process, they, they destroyed the gun. Yeah. So the this new third-party forensics team had to reconstruct the gun using replacement parts and stuff. And they, too, could not get it to fire without pulling the trigger. So, I mean, it's nothing new. We all knew this ahead of time. He's just officially been indicted for manslaughter. Why didn't, why do you think Alec Baldwin just didn't stick with the fact that he thought it was a fake bullet in there? I mean, that was his best defense. Like, why well, I, lie? I think, I don't think he's ever said he knew there were live rounds in there. I think no. he just was saying, oh, no, I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't do it. I didn't do that. And yeah. come on. <laughs> He, I guarantee you, he was he was holding it. He wasn't observing proper trigger discipline. He had his finger on the trigger, like they all do in the movies. You know, you see movie posters with guys running around with machine guns and whatever in you know military movies, and they've all got their finger on the trigger and they're going through clearing a house and stuff. They don't do that. They you keep your finger out of the the trigger guard until you're ready to actually fire at somebody. But. He, he, of course, is not a well-trained, you know, marksman. So he's he's going to just, he said he was practicing, pull, drawing his gun in, a, in the inside the church. They were filming, they're about to film a scene and he pulled it out. I guarantee he just had his finger on the trigger and just, you know, of course he didn't, unless he intended to kill that person. Of course he didn't know there were live rounds in it and just pulled it out and pulled the trigger just because he was just goofing off or practicing or whatever. That's what happened. That's what happened, and he should he should have just owned up to that. But he's trying to deny it. I don't think he's going to do a single day in jail anyway. But he's gonna he's gonna be in in court. The well, if he gets found guilty, then her family now has um has uh if they haven't already sued him, the, the civil lawsuits have already been uh like the paperwork's already been filed for that stuff. Yeah, but I know that the judge in charge of the criminal lawsuit had, was waiting to confirm the criminal aspect of it before allowing the civil trials to proceed. So I think, you know, the criminal trial is going to happen and then the civil trial will happen as well. So what's up, Terry? I have a few questions about this, if you don't mind, because yes. uh, my, my first one is very simple. I thought he'd already been indicted, or was that first case dropped? No, I don't think he was ever officially indicted. They were, he, I, you know, I don't know all the details. I haven't been following it that closely, but according to the headlines today, he has officially been indicted by, you know, a, a grand jury. So I, that, that part of the proceedings hadn't had yet to occur. Maybe it was the fact that they were going to go around and press charges against him, but then it had to go through court for him to be indicted in front of a jury of his peers. So yeah, I think well, that's yeah. probably the difference. Yeah. Yeah. He had, I think that they were waiting for the, the third party forensics team to figure out the obvious before uh, going, you know, putting the evidence, well, putting, having, having the grand jury, uh, look at the uh, case first. You know they were waiting to get all the their investigation work. I'm sure before they did that. 
but yeah, he'll be he'll be found guilty, okay. I'm sure. Or or he'll or he'll make a, a deal, you know, whatever. He's not gonna go to jail. Question two. Yes. <laughs> there was a lot of talk. I, I followed this a bit myself earlier on. There was a lot of talk back then about the armorer, which is a woman, I think. And I think she was very inexperienced. That might have even been her first film as the sort of main armorer. And I don't know if that was her. She might have been mainly to blame. Yeah, I don't know if that was her first film, but her dad is a established movie set armorer. So she at least had been growing up around that stuff i i'm i'd be surprised well i don't know if i'd be surprised by anything but i would hope that the armorer didn't load the gun with live rounds i mean that's their her like a primary function is the safety of the guns that are being distributed so i i i don't know I, maybe she didn't have control over the gun and they were out shooting them doing like plinking at bottles or something out in the desert. Cause I know that was part of the story that some of the crew were using the fire, the lot, the, mm -hmm. the real firearms that were on set, they were being using them for target practice off screen, like behind the scenes. So maybe something like that happened to this gun and the armor didn't know it. Cause the, I don't, I don't remember if it's a producer or like a production assistant or something. He also had control over the gun between the time the armorer had it and Alec Baldwin had it. I think he was the guy who actually handed it to him. So he's also being yes. indicted. The armorer is, is being indicted too. She's pleading not guilty. And that other guy has mm -hmm. pled no contest. He's, he's going to serve six months probation or something like that. I wonder if they're able to color like the fake, so, either two things. One, if they're able to color the bullets a different color or, right, so that way you know that they're fake um, or just not use any bullets at all, real or fake, inside of the guns on movie sets. And then you just digitally um, input the bullet coming out, the sound and all that stuff. I mean, that would, to me, just eliminating any chances of that happening again. Yeah, well, I'm not. All right, go I'm, ahead, I'm, Terry. <laughs> yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Terry. You, you make your comment and then I'll respond. No, uh, uh, well, okay, okay. I'll, I'll make my point. You can answer both things at the same time, maybe. Um, I heard some sort of techie talk on a po another podcast with an actor who'd actually been on set with live firearm, you know, with fire with real firearms. And he, I'm not a gun guy, so I'll probably get some of these details wrong. But he, he said that you don't, you don't load blanks into a into a gun if you're trying to do a realistic sort of uh uh film of of, of you know gunfire because they don't look right so you, there's these special sort of there's something you do with real bullets you probably know better than me kill that you make them sort of inactive but they still look like real bullets and it's, it's so you can show the shot of somebody loading the gun and then firing it all in one so that people don't go ah oh, that's obviously fake i don't know if that means anything to you well, it kind of does. I'm not an expert on how the movies do it, but I do know that they use different guns for different viewpoints. Uh, so, you know, if you're far away, right on a horse, the gun you've got is probably rubber, so you can toss it around and pretend to whack people with it and stuff. But when you're doing an up-close shot, like if you're showing somebody loading the rounds in, 
it's a real gun. And those may be real rounds. You can make dummy rounds that look real, that don't have a, a bullet in them and don't have propellant or any powder in them. You can do that. I think that's what a lot of them do. <clears throat> and But you also have blanks, like you're saying. I don't know about something that's not a blank. You, you can look up stills from movie productions that have been released just in general that have guns shooting. And you can, you can see, like especially in revolvers, you can see the, the bullet part of the gun that's pointed straight out in the, in the, um, the wheel. You can see that there's not a real bullet in the end. So, you know, they're just firing blanks, you know, as the, as the guys run by and the, the, the blanks just, it's, there's no round in there. It's just a propellant to go bang. You know, but I don't know if you you could probably, you know, make you could load around with such little amount of propellant that it would not like fire the bullet very far, very hard or something. Maybe I don't think that would be very safe either. Mm -hmm. But I also know that uh, blanks will have like a wax round like a bullet wax bullet in the in the front because you have to keep the whole thing together and you need that pressure to fire the gun and so you fire the gun and a little wax thing comes flying out and it doesn't hurt you it probably stings if you got hit close up but uh i don't know this i don't know why he had a live rounds in his revolver i i just i don't know why Maybe Dan, maybe he was about to film somebody, a scene. Even if you're practicing, they were gonna. I don't know. I, I don't know why he. I, I, you know, if I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, which I don't want to do, but he's he's not paying attention to who's off set set right there. He's just going over his lines and he's holding his gun. He knows he's got to pull this thing out and point it somewhere over this direction. So he's just fucking around and there's the. The director and the cinematographer, whoever that was that he actually killed, and they were just standing there. Off, he just wasn't even paying attention. You know, that's a bit of the doubt. But I think he's just a fucking idiot. He just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He should have. It's, <laughs> yes. You got to follow the rules if you want to be safe with firearms. You got to follow the rules. You got to every every time somebody hands you a gun, you got to look and see if it's loaded or not. That's like the first thing you do every time. And you don't point it at you make sure you know where your gun is pointed, even if it's empty. You don't point it at people. And you don't and you keep your finger off the goddamn trigger. That's the whole fucking thing. Don't, don't put your finger on the trigger. That's uh <sighs> yeah, that's that's story. the other thing. That's the other thing this guy was saying in this podcast. He said he couldn't think of an, a reasonable reason why he would be pointing the gun at the cinematographer and pulling the trigger, you know. Even if he didn't think it would, you know, even if he thought it wasn't loaded, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. You couldn't think of a genuine reason why you should be doing that. And the fact that he was he shot the cinematographer right. makes me think he was, he kind of did it deliberately. He didn't try to shoot her dead deliberately, but he was sort of posing for the camera, you know, and sort of going, ha-ha, look, I'm going to shoot you. And he ended up shooting her for real. That's just my theory. I mean, maybe... Yeah, maybe he they were about to film a scene where they were going to show the gun up close and he was going to be doing something with it, you know, maybe and, and yeah, 
And so the the armorer was given the instruction, okay, this is going to be a live round scene because it's going to be a close-up so that she loads the live rounds in so they look real. I still, I don't know why you would have live rounds. Though. You can put dummies, dummy bullets in that look real. Anyway, so... Well, you said they were... And she hands the gun earlier. off. And... <clears throat> yeah, well, maybe... That's the only thing I can think of. The only reason they would have an actual live bullet in there. Or maybe the guys that were target practicing when they got back to set and they emptied the, the extra, they got rid of their extra bullets. They threw it in the wrong bucket and the armorer didn't know. Yeah, and yeah. she loaded yeah. them up cause they were in the not live rounds bucket labeled, you know, something like that. That's why they should be identified, like have like know, a different we'll color or something like that. Somewhere on the bullet, they should have like a different color well, or something to so you can differentiate you know if <clears throat> well if you do that though then they they look they don't look real though if you have if it's a bright you know there's a big red red splotch on the side of the the bullet casing and you you're loading that in and the audience is gonna be like why is there a big red splotch <laughs> on the side of the bullet <laughs> Yeah. Well, gotta, that, what they could do is, you know? is they could say it's like a specific manufacturer and that's their tagging or something like that. You know, you can always get around stuff like that. But um, we could yeah. just go back to cap guns. Did you guys, did you ever have a cap gun when you, when you were kids? Oh, sure. Keel, Terry, yeah. did you guys have cap guns over there? Did. You did. You were allowed to have that, mm -hmm. even though yeah, you're not did, allowed yeah. to walk around they weren't, they weren't with banned. a knife. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> you said they got banned or no? Well, you can walk as well. No, 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 they weren't. Banned. No, they probably are now, but not back then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had a, I had an old single action army cap gun, and it was the one where you could load the paper in. Yeah, yeah. So you get I a had big one of those. thing of paper, <laughs> and when you, when every time you cock the hammer, it pulls paper out for the next little pop, and you. Yeah, that's what I had. <laughs> my brother, us, my brother had this fantastically politically incorrect game, uh, which was called Big Game Hunter, and it was like a little plastic uh, sort of tube, and he had a little gun at the end, and it had these sort of rare animals, <laughs> like lions and tigers and gorillas, sort of standing up. And you'd, you'd shoot them with this gun and it fired little tiny ball bearings. And of course, we found out you could get the gun out of the toy and you'd shoot each other with it <laughs> and try to, <laughs> try to shoot sort of flies on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. It was tremendous. Yeah. That would no doubt be banned. But it was very good. They fun. got banned. Mm. Yeah. Just like lawn darts. <laughs> Yeah, it's yes. amazing <laughs> it's amazing how they act like uh young stuff games and all this other stuff like isn't propaganda they just pretend like a lot of times stuff isn't propaganda but then they'll get rid of like like in london and stuff like that they don't even have cap guns here and i don't even know if they do but like cap guns or different things or those uh guns that you guys had for kids that are harmless because how dare they like educate you to like defend yourself and and um, be self-sustaining <laughs> you know you mm, learn that as yeah. a child and when you yeah. become an adult you're like why can't i have my real one you know oh you're not allowed i 
I think it was in the UK that a kid got uh, in a school got taken up to the headmaster's office because he was going around playground, you know, like playing war and pretending to shoot people. And they said, oh, that's unacceptable. You have to come to the headmaster's office. <laughs> he might have even been suspended. So, We're going boom, boom, boom with this. I was just a finger gun. We're <laughs> going boom, boom, boom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, you can't do that. Oh, he had to go to reprogramming camp. Yeah. You know, so the clown can I, world. Can I round off uh, the? Yeah. Can I can I round off the Alec Baldwin story? I, I would say I would guess that Keel, you as a gun guy, and most other gun guys would say. That if Alec Baldwin wasn't such an anti-gun lefty weed, and he'd have had proper training on how to use firearms, this probably wouldn't have happened in the first place. Oh, absolutely, would not have happened. He would have recognized that the the gun was armed with live rounds, and he would have said, "Wait, wait, wait a minute! What are we doing here? Why, why are you giving me this with real bullets in it?" And the the guy that handed it to me, "Oh, oh, uh, we've got a scene coming up, or whatever the situation is." Need to have it for up close, and I go okay, okay. Well, I'm just going to sit down. Can you give me a, a different one that doesn't have gun bullets in it? You know, something like that would have happened. But that lady wouldn't be dead, and the director wouldn't mm -hmm. have been shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he wouldn't have been such an idiot. Yeah, and he would have known to check the stupid thing before you yeah. start playing with it. And it's not like he's never been. He, he's an action movie star. You know, he's been in plenty of movies where guns are flying around. Why? Yeah, yeah. Why is he not trained in the the basics? Maybe he's just yeah. living in his Beverly Hills mansion, and people wait on him hand and foot, and he doesn't have to look for stuff like that. He just assumes whatever this guy has given me isn't poisoned, and whatever this gun is, oh, it's perfectly set for whatever I want to do with it. It's Hollywood fucks. It's been. Uh... <laughs> There's this, there have been a few incidents like that in movies over the years, haven't there? Who was that actor that was killed on set? Brandon Lee. Quite a number of years ago. Bruce Lee's son was killed on set. Brandon Lee. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And Bruce Lee was in a yeah, movie shot, right? where, where his character was killed on the set of a movie by a, a gun. I think Brandon Lee's situation the gun wasn't firing a real bullet. It was a blank with a, a wad of wax that was just improperly put together with too much pressure, too, too powerful or something like that. And it, it just hit him in the right spot. I think he didn't, I don't think he died instantly. It was like, you know, one of those things, but, right. uh, but in the movie that Bruce Lee was in and I'm gonna, I know I'm, there's probably Bruce Lee fans out there. They're going to yell at me, but, I want to say that was Return of the Dragon. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, his character was a movie star. That's a dragon in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. He leaps out of a doorway and there was like a mob element to the movie. And so they put a hit on him. And so the, they actually intended to shoot him with a lot. Because he spoke like his character in the scene was going to jump out of his door or something like that. And in a hail of bullets. You know, but, you know, of course it was a movie, so they're all going to be blanks and stuff. But then the mob or whoever it was plant had a guy in there with a real gun to shoot him and kill him on, on the set. This was on Bruce Lee. This is the the wow. movie Bruce Lee. Was in, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, so, the in the movie Bruce Lee. Okay. 
So it was kind of like a premonition for what happened to his son. Although I'm pretty sure his son wasn't shot by a real bullet on set. It was just... Or a bunch of mobsters. Or Yeah, I don't think that had anything to do with it. But it was on the set of The Crow, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is a great movie. Yeah, The Crow. Check it out. Did they uh did they film and show his real death like his real shot him being really shot for real for I, real? I, yeah, I think if you watch the movie there's the scene where he's getting shot up and uh it's at one some point in there he gets hit actually hit. Oh wow, yikes. But I, I it's been a long uh, time since I've watched that movie. Watch it. Looked that up so. Yikes. I mean for the sociopathic movie person, that's great to have like a live real one like in there. But for traumatic for society in general, it's probably not so great. <laughs> I, what I, I, like I said, I don't. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he didn't die on set. Like he didn't. No, die I know that. I'm just right. saying in general, like you're really watching him and get for real. Cause at least even though our subconscious doesn't really know the difference, at least at some mm -hmm. point you can be like, you can remind yourself, this is not real, you know? Yeah. So, um, but does anybody else have anything else to add or y'all? I got, I had a backup story that was real quick. Um, the company that owns right. sports illustrated, the publisher that owns Sports Illustrated has laid off the magazine's entire staff. Sports Illustrated is no more unless somebody wow. revives it in later. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So no more swimsuit edition arriving nope. in your mailbox. Well, I mean, after that last no one, more when they were edition, just, no. when they went That's woke. It's the first thing yeah, that came to my mind. <laughs> they, yeah. they went woke. They tried to like you know, oh, submit uh, to so do, society's fatness and yeah, realize that nobody wanted that. And things like that. Yeah, I, oh, I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen a swimsuit edition in probably 30 <laughs> years, so I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think the woke thing is going away. So I think it's, I think it's already it. peaked. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't have to go to uh, Sports Illustrated for the swimsuit edition. They can That's just cool. go on TikTok and Instagram now. Yeah, you don't really need it anymore. But there's like my my motto, my my chant: buy physical media. There's you, there's value in having you know physical magazines yeah. and books and things. You got to support that stuff. Yeah. Because if it, if that does, shit doesn't exist then nothing exists. None of it yeah. exists. There was a, oh, uh, who was it? Perm posted that headline today uh, that the owner of whatever games uh, made a statement saying um, gamers need to get used to the idea of not owning the games that they buy anymore. And that just goes along with it. There, yeah, yeah. You don't own anything. If it's not physically in your hand, you do yeah. not own it. It doesn't matter what your <clears throat> subscription says on Netflix. You don't own any of the movies available to you there. It's all, even on like Amazon and uh, like your Kindle. If you're yeah, just like my Audible and stuff like that. Yeah. If, if you're downloading things to ingest, you don't own it. And it can be changed at any time by the publishers who put yeah. it out there. 100%. And you're just, and if they lose licensing, yeah. if Amazon Prime loses their license to show the John Wick movies or whatever happens, then you lose the, the ability to watch John Wick, even though you paid $300 to buy the trilogy or whatever, the quadrilogy. It's not yours. 
You don't get it. Yeah. And it just poof disappears. Yeah. So it happens to games. You, you, you don't even own you don't even own your digital music. There was a court case with Eric yeah. Clapton, who was wanting to leave his large collection of digital music to his son, and he wasn't allowed to because he doesn't own it. Like his his catalog, his person like his music, you're saying? No, I think it's just stuff. Yeah. I think it was just stuff oh, he okay. bought. He just bought a load of music just for and he wanted to leave it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I don't I don't understand why anybody ever paid money for digital music. I never I never got that. It's like you you have a, a store. <laughs> like here's here's the here's the here's the description in my mind. You have a store that's like, oh, here you can have this this digital song for 50 cents. Oh, wonderful. Okay, here you go. I'll buy this one, I'll buy this one, and pretty soon you're spending a hundred bucks. Right next door is a store where a guy's like, here, here's the same song for free. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go into that store. Why would I do yeah. that? I, I don't know. It's like, it, like literally one, one more click to the left on, on the internet. And you would have had been able to download all of that music for free. Yeah. It's like Pandora's like, do you want to subscribe? I'm like, oh no, well, I'll just listen to some of the ads. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. And I'm not even talking about that, but. But that's, I'm just yeah, in general, yeah. yeah, like Apple or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and that that but, always yeah. that always blew my mind. Everybody went crazy for those i, well, I can't remember what they're called, iPods. Back yeah. in the day, and you you go into the Apple Music Store and you buy all the music and you can download it to your iPod. Well, but you could also upload your CDs and stuff too onto it. Yeah. So. But it was in a format that was only playable on your iPod. Like you couldn't yeah. take the music and then play it in your Winamp on your c c computer. Because it, it wasn't an MP3, it was some weird Apple version, Apple format. Mm, unless you Bluetooth it to your computer, that would be the only other thing. Yeah, yeah. that was before Bluetooth. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you you could. I mean, you could play it on your computer, but you had to have the Apple, the iTunes software and stuff. You couldn't just take the file and run away mm -hmm. with it. It was all connected to the your iTunes products. As far as oh, I know, yeah, that's so I, true. I was, yeah. I was never an Apple person, so I don't know for sure. But I don't think you could download it like you could uh, an MP3 and just transfer it any old where. Mm -mm. No, I don't think so. I uh, I own a, a whole load of Kindle books, and I've been battling for quite a while now to try and convert them all into DRM-free format. So I could read them on a non-Kindle device. Mm. It's, uh, it's incredibly difficult because obviously Amazon don't want, really want you to do that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a wonderful. I, I agree with you about physical media, but if I did that with all the Kindle books I own, my house my house would be full of books, <laughs> literally full of books. Well, buy physical media <laughs> as reasonably as you can, I suppose, but. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you. Uh, it's it's a wonderfully shrewd business model. Is what I was going to say. As a, as a, a business owner, you you sell the product. It's a fancy little device. You can download whatever music onto it directly and conveniently, and it just costs a little bit every month. And you do this, but it's you you lock it in to your devices, and 
that's like the, the Apple business model. It's, it's great. I mean, I respect them as a, as a corporation for that matter. But you just won't buy their products. <laughs> no, because I don't want to be locked Probably, into their uh, highly expensive yeah. crap. <laughs> I can do the uh, same I was thing. I say Android. you probably know this story, but Kim, Amazon uh, famously changed their copy, the Kindle copy, or believe it or not, 1984 once. Um, they just did it remotely, and everyone's uh, Kindle device suddenly had a different copy of 1984 than the one they bought. So, yeah. That's exactly. They probably exactly just what did it as a about. test, and they chose that copy title as a joke. But it just shows you what, you know, and they could they could take these things off whenever you want, whenever they want. So. Yeah. Uh, we know you spent my one audible credit, but we're going to go ahead and just remove this out of your library. Bye. Yeah. See you later, alligator. Yeah. And that's that's how the <laughs> the big evil people in the world want to control all of us is through subscriptions. Or that's one of the ways anyway. It was kind of so, like how mm -hmm. what they did with uh, yeah. Behold the Pale Horse by William E. Cooper. They removed out the Zionist chapter. In, yeah. Even in the newest editions, they yeah, removed yeah. that out. But I have one of the older ones, yeah. so I still have it, which is great. Yeah. But and, you wouldn't be able to get that on a digital copy, for sure. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it all goes back to just we shouldn't destroy art, no matter how much we might hate it. Shouldn't tear down statues, even if we don't like what we perceive them to be standing for and because it's history why we, why yeah. erase it's know, somebody somebody created that in a different time for a different reason and they they did it for what they thought was the benefit of mankind but why destroy that i mean but what you is, know what that's got to be psyops that they are programming these people to go out and you know because stuff just all of a sudden just goes out and there's a huge cause about something and then it stops you know, there's there's bricks, so uh, yeah. there's stacks of bricks in certain areas, and then all of a right. sudden there's not. Yeah, I remember seeing that people before yeah. they knew there were going to be riots. No, I totally agree with all that. That really yeah. is. Yeah, they're not inciting anything yeah, or anything. Yeah. You they, know? They, they'd they'd see these. Well, go ahead, Terry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that really is 1984, isn't it? Because that was Winston's job in 1984 was to rewrite history. And that's kind of what they're doing now. And that's what Stalin was very big on as well. You know, he used to famously edit people out. If they'd fallen yeah. out of favor in the Politburo, they'd change the photo so that they disappear, literally. So, uh, and, yeah. And that, they did a really good job, too. If you look some of the, at some of those photos side by side, I mean, it's like the guy was never there. Very good. And nowadays, it's you can, okay, it's yeah. Photoshopped or whatever. But back then, I don't know how they worked the photography and erased i don't know they just painted over him or something but yeah good quality work that's your motive your motive your motivation for doing that sort of job for stalin would be very high though wouldn't it because if you get it wrong you know you might end up in siberia yeah he <laughs> hangs one of your modified pictures on the wall and you hear he's walking a dignitary through the capital <laughs> And the and the dignitary looks and goes, "What's what is that right there? What's that little? That looks like there's a maybe a, a foot right there. Why is that?" And then Stalin sees and uh, he points at somebody, and yeah. then you know two minutes later 
you're sitting there cooking breakfast and guys bust in and you you accidentally fall off of a you know, <laughs> floor, floor, you know? Yeah. Or even worse, the guy walks into the into his office in the morning and he, he looks at the picture of him and his workmates and he's gone from the picture. You know, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I have something to show you. <laughs> Here, drink, drink this cup of coffee. Yeah, enjoy. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! So, all right, you guys. Um, this has been. Are we good? Like, let's. Go ahead and let everybody know where they can find us. Uh, we will definitely put the show notes uh, in the notes, just like Terry said earlier. And you can find all of our links to unionoftheunknowns.com. Or what was the other one, Terry? It is not your mama's news. Uh, you are, uh, not you not are, mama's, mama's yeah. Not your, which is you are, mama's yeah. news, all plural, uh, dot com. So that'll all take you right to all of our links. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, maybe one day we'll start sending those out again. But just go ahead and get added. <laughs> so that way we have you in our database. <laughs> and <on>. then... <laughs> We want to gather all the people that are anti-government so that way yeah, we can yeah. use it against I, you later on. <laughs> I think what Jackie means is <laughs> all the, the good law-abiding citizens we want to befriend. Yeah, exactly. Yes. She's right. not a Fed, guys. Come nice on. try, Fed. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, and then if you want, please call our number, which you can also find on our link at... Uh, not you are mama's news.com or union of the unknowns.com mm -hmm. uh, and get, leave us a message there. We love it. And on our next live episode, we may go ahead and play it, but that's because Keel will be running it or Ashley and, and not myself. So we just, uh, this was a recorded one. So anyways, thank you everyone. Uh, you guys want to say bye or any last thing? Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.